Hello, everybody, and welcome to Joyfully You Podcast. My name is Kelsey Lowe, and today we have a special guest. Our special guest is Tiffany Janae. So Tiffany is a sought-after women's empowerment guide, social influencer, and motivational speaker. She's made a career out of connecting on a personal level with women, assisting them in getting past their fears, hurt, and anxiety as it pertains to their sexuality through her work as a womb wellness advocate. She's been working with couples and singles for years to teach them the art of sacred sexuality. Through her guidance, she has been able to teach thousands the responsibility and the beautiful possibility that comes along with activating one's own healthy sexual selves. Tiffany's journey has been a remarkable one. Through her hard work, she has transitioned from homelessness to pioneering the Yoni Egg movement through her six-figure brand, YoniEggs.com. That's right, you guys, you heard it. Tiffany's Yoni Eggs are internally are internationally distributed and has been featured by media outlets such as Huffington Post, Ebony, Essence, Nylon, Doctors TV show. With a combined social media following of over 50,000, Tiffany has grown a tribe of women and men who share goals of becoming their best selves and who are willing to put in the work to do so. From healing crystals to organic food choices, Tiffany has become a leader in the wellness industry and she is just getting started. Oh my gosh, my body has goosebumps. Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us on Joyfully You. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I would love to hear, like, how did, I mean, I feel like anyone, when we have a passion for something that becomes our purpose, it once was our pain, you know? So how did you navigate to starting YodiEggs.com and like being in this world of sacred sexuality? Can you give us a little insight of what that lead up journey was like? Yeah, so um, it started in about 2008. I got married. I'm since divorced. I'd like to note that. And uh, so when I got married, I had dreamed of always being a wife. And then one day it just happened. And But there was no like ritual or rites of passage or a, a book given to me of like, here's the guidebook of how to be a wife. And so it was just like one day, like you're you're married now and, and go be a wife. And I felt really unprepared for that. So I started studying about what it meant to be feminine and what all of that looked like. Like how could I have the best chance for success in my relationship? So I enrolled in a class called Feminine Power, and it taught me about different feminine archetypes and masculine archetypes and how to invoke all of those and then how to tone down certain ones. So I realized that I had been operating in a really high masculine capacity and really just not knowing much about myself and my energy and my impact on my environment. So in that class, the teacher told us that we should have yoni eggs. And I knew what crystals were because I've been raised by the mineral people. They've been part of my life since from birth. Um, So I understood what crystals were, but I didn't understand putting crystals in my vagina. That was something (laughs) that was different for me. And uh, the teacher was, she was accenting, you know, you need to get to know your womb. And I was like, a womb? You mean where you hold a baby. And that's all I thought was like, we have a vagina that we bleed out of and that it can become infected and get on our nerves. And then it's meant for pleasuring others and maybe yourself. And then you have a baby and that's kind of just it. I didn't really know that it was like our magic. And so when I understood that, that just like brought me to life. Um, When I went to go look for yoni eggs, there was 
three companies that came up at the time, all of them were blog ran. So that meant that you had to write each one of them and respond off of a long list that they had. Like they could have these particular stones in stock. And I wrote all of them. All of them took several weeks to respond back to say, we don't have that one. And then I would say, okay, well, what about this one? And then more weeks would pass. And no, we don't have that one either. And I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Like this is such a a beneficial tool for women. And these are the keepers of them. Someone's got to do a better job. And that someone happened to turn into me. So I went and found some some eggs and I didn't know much. I was not a teacher. I was not a leader. I was just someone that wanted them. And I started offering them on my social media and it just blew up. So I got yoniegs.com and, um, and then I just let it mold me from there. Okay. Can you explain to people a little bit like about the yoni eggs, you know, of like, so there are these crystal eggs. I just want to say it from my interpretation because I haven't tried them yet. Not for okay. any reason. It's just, um, I guess it hasn't been presented into my experience to try it, but I'm very open-minded and I want to try them. Um, and I, I practice using crystals. I love crystals. I make crystal jewelry um, kind of as a hobby. At one point it was a business. Now it's just my own sacred hobby. Um, so my understanding is, is, you know, there's all these different, yoni eggs that are the different stones and they still have the same metaphysical stones or metaphysical properties to them and we'll we put them inside of our vagina and it's like a, a sacred time or maybe through meditation or something but then like the fears that come I'm like yeah but how does it come out it comes out of your nose <laughs> <laughs> uh no okay so yes all of that's correct uh they're crystals in the shape of eggs and it's just one crystal per egg so you have one rose quartz one black obsidian one green of entry and so on and so forth. And they all have their own properties to them. So I like to think of crystals as, as like ascended masters that live amongst us. So these are beings that have went on their journey that have mastered all of these traits that us mere mortals are trying to learn. You know, they've mastered the frequency of forgiveness and they radiate the frequency of love and um, of abundance and of confidence and you know, all of these things that we're looking for in our day-to-day lives and they're in our ground. So they hope, hope that help to hold our grid. And that's why we feel something when we bring them into our space where it's like, wow, I feel like they're making me a better person or I'm understanding this, or I'm now interested in this thing. They also have, so there's a scientific proof to that. Uh, and then there's also this esoteric thing, right? And then there's also just the influence of them being around and them serving as a symbol for whatever your intention is of why you attracted this crystal into your life. So bringing in inside of the womb space, uh, the womb of how I like to think of it is like, it's our own center of our magical genie. And mm-hmm. that's the power of a woman is that we have this magical genie that lives inside of us and we can invoke that genie to grant us our wishes. But you have to know how to work with that genie and you have to have a relationship with it. And the yoni eggs help you cultivate that relationship with your womb. So the thing about it is that the womb is a, a place of creation and cultivation and within that space, there can be, because the majority of all women have lost their power at some point through, through to, due to a sexual violation. So either rape, molestation, um, an unfulfilling relationship that was abusive. And so 
all of that stuff goes, if it's unhealed, it sits in the womb and it just manifests into darkness, into disease, into discomfort. And so we have a lot of women that have cysts and fibroids and can't hold a baby in their womb. They're having heavy menstrual cycles for various reasons, um, hormonal imbalances and all of these things, because if you talk to those women, 99% of the time, it's going to be, well, I was molested. I was raped. And they're still dealing with that. And they don't really know how to deal with it. So the body starts to um, support them in their cry, you know? Uh, So bringing in something that's such a high frequency as these ascended beings, these ascended masters, and bringing that into the womb space, they hold such a high frequency that it helps this is just my interpretation This is not medical advice or anything that's proven, but they help to purge out the lower vibrations that are sitting in there and they help cue that person to want to do better things for them. So I don't believe that the crystal in itself is like, you just pop this crystal in and then like, just hold on and wait and you're going to become a better person. But what I do think it does is that it aligns you with saying, I want to rise to these particular traits. I want to become this better person. I want to create this version of myself. And so by you bringing in this talisman that represents that, then you start to feel cued of like, oh, okay, um, to love my womb, what does it need? Oh, it needs different foods. It needs me to speak different language. It needs me to be clear about what I want. It needs me to uh, set standards for myself and honor those standards. It needs me to get clear on what my values are and how I um, protect those values. And so it starts to put you on this path towards holistic healing. You know, you're going to the root of things. Like if you have a problem with your relationships, it's probably going to take you to the root of communication. You should learn how to better communicate yourself. If you have a problem with um, forgiveness, it's going to take you to learning how to accept things as is and sitting in sensations. And so you might find yourself at retreats and at um, silent meditations and learning how to do all of these different things, you know, yoga and you're drinking green juice all of a sudden. So I believe that it just tunes you into this frequency of that you have to become your own healer, but it's there to assist you by holding that frequency for you. Mm. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. And I do believe that it probably activates other vibrations of love and creation that are already existing. But so like when you use a yoni egg, your process, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's like intention that's set. It's a, like a sacred space to be able to go into it. Do you, use it throughout the entire day? Like, what does that process actually look like? Like if I wanted to go buy one um, and I noticed like, Hey, like I've been, okay, let me think of like an actual thing. So I'm not just making shit up. Um, Mm -hmm. Like this releasing of control, for example, Mm -hmm. right. That's something I think we're collectively feeling, but I can see it right now because I had my heart set on making this year traveling year. I sold everything. I moved out and here I am where I know universe is wanting me to be because it's where I'm at, at, but trusting the process. So I know, okay, well, what about a, um, a jade stone that is like uh, green and full of love and prosperity and joy. So like, maybe I would choose a jade stone, um, to use as a yoni egg. So if I go to use a yoni egg, um, is there a certain time frame? Like, is there, is it, do I, I guess that's just like the practical questions. I'm like, okay, I yeah, have that I connection you. to crystal. I feel guided towards it. Um, 
are there certain practices or intentions or things that can enhance that divine connection with the crystals and things that could actually take away from it, you know? Yeah. So uh, at my company, yoniegs.com, we don't um, work with Jade. I just want to preface that and say that because Jade is one of the most impersonated stones on the market. And in order to, from my research, to validate its um, authenticity, you have to get it certified through the GIA. And to get certified, it costs $250 per stone minimum to do that. And so I just prefer to work with stones that I actually know. Like, there's no question this is a rose quartz. There's no question this is a green adventuring. So I don't do jade, but the equivalent to all the things that you said would be the green adventuring. Um, as far as in how to work with it, there's a couple schools of thought. The oldest teaching on it that I have found comes from the Tao, and it's spelled T-A-O. And Montak Chia is a great teacher of this. He has some great books out about it, about working with, he calls it the jade practice. And he says that that basically you're not to leave the egg in for long periods of time. You put it in, you do these exercises, uh, you work with it for a few minutes, maybe about 15 minutes, and then you take it out and that's it. Um, And then there's a new school practice, which is a lot of what I kind of downloaded and what I resonated with was that you set your intention with the stone and then you put it in and you leave it in until it comes out, until you want to come, want it to come out. So you can actually wear this like throughout your day. And if you are, let's say, going through a business meeting or something and you want to land a deal, you might choose a particular stone that's going to help you radiate that energy of um, powerful, of confidence. So something like a carnelian or a red jasper. If you're going to have a conversation with a loved one where you need to really drop into your heart, you might put in your rose quartz for that conversation. So I like to think of it more of like a lifestyle of working with the eggs. Um, But I do give out use and care pamphlets with every order and I put both of those so you can kind of choose. And the great thing about control, I love that you use that example is because for, I've been doing this business for like 10, 15 years, somewhere in there. And only the last year or so have I offered drilled eggs, meaning that they're eggs with a hole in them so that you can put a string in and then you can dictate when you put it in and take it out. Uh, All of my business outside of that has always been with non-drilled eggs, meaning that when you put it in, you, you surrender. And what I found, I have a video on YouTube called Help My Yoni Egg Got Stuck. Because I was getting all of these <laughs> these messages from women who are like, oh my God, my egg won't come out. You know, I'm flipping out. Should I go to the doctor? What should I do? It literally won't come out. And so I started like meditating with that of what's being communicated when this happens. And what I found is that most women are so controlling and we're controlling for good reason. We're controlling because we probably have lacked a lot of structure around us that made us feel safe. And so we've learned to adapt by being over predictive of um, our environments. And, but it's not our natural state. So it's something where it's like, I need to learn how to deal with this. However, the world around me is not supporting me and I have to look out for myself. So I need to be like on high alert, but that's a root chakra issue, right? So 
um, by putting these eggs in and setting your intention and, and then allowing it, cause it's going to come out. That's the thing is like, it's not going to need to be surgically removed. It's not really going to come out of your nose. It's going to come out the same way that you put it in, but sometimes it gets snugged up in there. And so I always encourage women to go and journal when that's happening. And you feel that freak out moment, go and journal, journal about what your intention was, and then journal about what's coming up, both in your emotions and then in your interactions and then how you're how you're aligning with your intention through your actions you know be aware of that because there's a communication that's happening and that seems to bring a lot of enlightenment to people yeah but it's a great practice of letting go of that control yeah wow and just the the metaphor of it all of like we're hatching an egg right especially if we choose if i if i were to choose the practice that you that, that you resonate most with which is putting it in and letting it come out when it comes out yeah what a beautiful freaking metaphor for surrendering to the process and like hatching a new creation. Cause I feel like m- m- more of like the divine masculine does resonate with grind and grit and hustle. And I think that men can thrive in some of that consistency of go, go, go. But I think with women, like the equivalent of that is creation. Yeah. We don't, we don't thrive thinking about hustle and productivity. Maybe we've masked ourselves into thinking that's the only way in order to be productive or whatever, but we, we thrive with creation. And I feel like this process of allowing it, it's like, I'm just imagining like a a egg hatching, right? New life. And maybe that's new versions of ourselves being born, um, right in front of us. Yeah. I've had to do a lot of work on my feminine, uh, and I realized that in operating so much in a masculine space, that it was all about making shit happen, right? And so if you want something, you got to get up and you got to make it happen. And it was just really tough and taxing on my body. And I, it, I, I reached a whole point of burnout where I literally felt like I just died. And it was like, I have to go through a different way. And so I started practicing with just setting an intention in my mind. And like, ooh, I really want it is silly shit, you know, like I, I really want an avocado right now. That would be so good, but I'm not going to go out and get it. I'm just going to say I want it. And then just watching the magic, you have to be a witness to the magic to believe that, that it works. Right. So then the magic would be someone would call randomly and be like, Hey, I just harvested a bunch of avos. I'm going to drop some off on your doorstep. And like, Oh my God, I just was thinking about that. That's so cool. Okay. That worked. Let me do that again damn, I really want this bill to get paid and I don't have the money for it. Instead of me stressing about it, I'm just going to do what I can do and just let it be. And then someone will be like, hey, um, I'm, I'm putting in this order for this or, you know, it just happened. Like, wow, that's so easy. And I just was being who I was being. I didn't have to go out and make that happen. And so as that started to happen more and more, I started to trust into that of like, I'm just going to work in my mind and my energy. And if I believe, isn't that what having faith is? And it's not that it's like, I just think about it and lay down and veg out for hours and not do anything. It's, it's not that it's kind of hard to explain, but it's a sweet spot of just trusting, you know, Yeah. and, um, and allowing myself to rest and to knowing that my power comes from somewhere much deeper than constantly having to labor, hard labor for things. Like things don't have to come to me from hard work. Living in itself is hard work. I don't need to add more hard work on top of that to prove that I'm worthy of these things, you know? Oh, yeah. and because that word came out of my mouth, that's another thing to to speak on is that 
our level of worthiness. Sometimes we block these things from happening and manifesting where we do have to go out and work hard for it because we don't believe that we're worthy of it coming in any other way. So as you're opening up, a lot of manifesting is creating containers. So I like to think of it as like reverse engineering and creating containers. So if you set a goal for yourself of like, I want to have, uh, I don't know, I don't really like to manifest so much material things, but sometimes we need material things for comfort, but more so virtues. So um, I'll use an example of just the easiest one. I'm going to go on a vacation, right? I'm going to go to, I want to go to Hawaii for a vacation. So when you set that as your goal, it's essentially just a manifestation. I'm going, and then you reverse engineer it. So I'm already there. I felt it. I experienced myself being there on the beach. What am I going to wear? What am I going to drive? Where am I going to stay? What am I going to do? Who am I going to go with? That's all reverse engineering. So then you start putting it together until eventually it meets you in the present. In the present, it's like, okay, I'm going to go with Julie. Let me hit up Julie and see if she wants to go. I'm going to wear this bathing suit. Let me buy this or make sure that I got it. I'm going to stay at this place. Let me put my deposit down. I'm going to drive this car. Let me get my reservation in. And so that's how like manifesting in general is. However, if you say you want to go to Hawaii and you're like, but I can't afford it. That's not possible. I can't do that. Julie's going to say, no, I'm too fat. I'm da, 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 da. Well, you're, you're not allowing the container to, to, to be there to capture your dreams. You're, you're defeating yourself and you're in your own way because you don't believe that you're worthy of allowing that to happen. It's not a matter of if you have the resources to make it happen because resources are infinite. It's just a matter of, do you believe that you are worthy of calling those resources into your container? And do you have a proper container set up? Just worry about the container, not about the things that are going to come. They'll come. Mm, That's so good. I feel like the container too is, is essentially our own mind, right? Yeah. Our own heart space and like that connection to the heart and the head. And I love that you pointed out the the unworthiness around working hard. And I think, I mean, I know for me growing up and even just the messages I've received was um, the harder it is, the more valuable it is. Yeah. And the deeper I've gone into my own like divine feminine expression, my own relationship to these different sides of myself it's such a lie. And I think that that's why oftentimes we'll ignore the simplest things that we are so good at because it's easy. And we think, well, it can't be valuable if it comes this easy. Yeah, it, exactly. Is it really a world where I can receive at this level and let it feel this good? It's like, yes, it doesn't. It's actually not designed to be that hard, but we have placed such um, a value and almost a status on, oh, that person works the hardest. God bless them. But, but I understand kind of the back. I also want to be empathetic and understanding how that could have been created through some of our past experiences as humanity of sometimes maybe they're not having a, a different choice besides working hard. And so it was admirable because they took care of the family. But as we've evolved as a society and humanity, there's so many resources available that we don't actually have to live in that old paradigm. Yeah, totally. It makes me think of like the divine feminine of, of we're just females in general, like the masculine energy is penetrating, going after it. Mm -hmm. And then the feminine energy is the receiving, Mm -hmm. surrendering. And I love how you mentioned too, you're like, I'm not just sitting down and vegging out and being like ringing my bell, waiting for it to come. It's surrendering down on my knees to the control 
of how it's supposed to look. And instead right. just being like, I know this is meant for me. It's yep. like, a, it's like a deep knowing, but I think that's where the attachment and the manifestation really like hits that sweet spot. Like you said, was it's like, I'm not going to be attached to when or how I just know this is already going to happen because I yeah. feel this desire. And if it's not, then it's because I changed my mind and I decided I want some something different or there's something that I need to learn and a virtue that I need to cultivate within myself, right? Mm. And so constantly being a student to your own teachings. So the teaching is you can manifest anything, but then the student is, is what's, what's blocking me from making this happen? And then trusting the timelines and trusting the work. Like sometimes my... Um, because what happens is when we set goals or we do our vision boards and then we can become discouraged because it's like, well, why hasn't this manifested, you know, and whatever, we just get so frustrated and mad at ourselves. But what I've learned is that, oh, there's something deeper here or something else is coming in. And then I'll look at all the things like, oh, look at all the times that I tried to, to settle or I tried to like make this happen out of desperation or look at what I'm avoiding to make this happen. Like I'm not wanting to to look at this deeper or to do this work because there's a fear and then nourishing that about myself. Like, okay, is this something you can do on your own? If yes, then do it. If no, then let's go and, and figure out how do we, how do we get there? And that might take me on a journey of years, but I love the process and, and I'm a student to the process. Right. So like, um, and it takes me on all these really cool journeys where it's like, okay, I'm, I'm inflamed in this area, I'm dealing with a lot of fear. And where's that fear coming from? Oh, childhood stuff. Oh, I feel triggered in this way or whatever. So let me get a life coach. Okay. Worked with the life coach and that cleared up these things. Great. Now this list of things manifested. Oh, we need to go deeper. Hmm. What's, what, what's the remedy for this? Okay. We need a therapist. Great. Let's go to therapy and let's, you know, and it just takes you on this journey. And it's not just about the destination. Like the destination is the motivator and the inspirer, but the, the, the process is about the journey and loving the journey. So not detesting the journey because you haven't got to the destination. Cause sometimes the destination is going to be anticlimactic, but what's great about it was the journey and the path. And so we have to be present while still also um, creating those little nuggets of motivation for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. During that process for yourself, was there ever a time where you became like fixated on the growth? Like so much so there wasn't contentment? Because that's something that I do, like I can think back on myself and I have people that I'll have conversations with like on Instagram and the DMs and stuff where it's like, I'm satisfied, but I see it's like the self, I, it's the self-awareness, right? The self-awareness is great responsibility. And I've had certain people at the beginning, they're like, holy shit, ignorance is bliss. But now that I know I can't unknow. Yeah. And so it's like having that grace and compassion and move through it. So how do you manage like holding both of those, right? Holding contentment in the moment while also holding um, the knowing that there's things that get to change. Well, I'm a student of Vipassana and uh, Vipassana is a meditation technique that means to see things as they are. And so it also teaches you to observe sensations. So I just do my best to have a lot of compassion for myself along the journey. And like, if I'm not in alignment, I am in alignment because I'm out of alignment and that's an alignment. 
you know? And like, if I'm in alignment, well, then that's the time for it and something cleared and that's where it's at. So I, I just, I do my best to refer back to the teachings of like, just feel the sensation you're flipping out right now. Just feel the sensation and breathe into that, feel into that and observe that. And then sometimes, well, the sensation is like, this feels so good. This is, everything's ease and grace right now. Wow, this is amazing. But life is fluid and um, there's a constant contrast that's at play. And sometimes we like the contrast and sometimes we don't like the contrast. And I've found my way where like, I do my best to just appreciate it no matter what side of the contrast I'm on, knowing that no moment is permanent and that everything has its teachings and everything has its place. And so um, not really like trying to cast away the bad feelings of just like, well, that's good, bad is speculative. You know, it's all contributing to the marathon. So how can I, what can I extract from this that will strengthen me or empower me in a different way as opposed to just labeling it as bad? Um, so I, I stay in, in that space with, with it. Mm, I like that. Yeah. And really just looking at it as it is. Right. It's yeah. Just, and I like how you said, okay, if I'm out of alignment, this is a sign of being in alignment because I'm aware of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that really comes down to like the self acceptance, the just surrendering yeah. to the moment and trusting that there is things working when we're not. That I think has been like the biggest breakthrough for me over the past couple of years is allowing for things in my energy field to sort themselves out in ways I, my mind can't understand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And so another thing that, you know, you are an advocate on is sacred sexuality mm-hmm. and intimacy. Um, And I know that intimacy, you talk a lot about intimacy being synonymous with vulnerability and Mm -hmm. how if we're able to be vulnerable, we'll be able to be intimate. Um, And that can be a scary thing when the fear of rejection is so like, um, is so right there, right? Because we can have any experiences of being rejected by society, rejected by a magazine, by looking at a magazine with no photos that look like you, you know, or being rejected by that one teacher, whatever it might be. And so I just think that work that you do is so beautiful of helping people reconnect to the intimacy within themselves. Um, I'd love to like hear a little bit about, about that, you know, of what sacred sexuality looks like, how we can cultivate intimacy with ourselves and with our partners. Yeah. So I think that in general, most of us were never taught about what sexual energy is. And the teachings that we did have available to us were very perverted um, and harmful, you know, and immature. So it was just like porn or a lot of us got our teachings from Teen Vogue or Cosmo or, you know, these different kinds of sitcoms and things like that. And it's, it's, it lacks substance and there, you have to go off in this day and age, you have to go off the beaten path to really educate yourself about sex because it's on the path that's designed for us. You're, you're not going to come across it. And so when I stepped off the, the beaten path and I got into things that were deeper, like learning about the Tao and learning about Tantra and the very different variations that different uh, cultures had of that and learning about like Kama Sutra, um, that these things have really potent teachings to them. And so 
I geeked out on that. I just started studying about it because I've always had this innate feeling of that I was sacred. Like even as as a young girl, when I was experimenting and and not really knowing what I was doing and experimenting, like if I let a guy finger bang me, I'd be like, well, you can only finger bang me if afterwards you're going to be my boyfriend. Like, nah, that's, I'm like, okay, well then you can't, you know? Or I would, if I did do those things, I always had this like feeling of guilt of like, wow, you're better than this. You know, this is not, I was just aware of the, of, the energy that I was conjuring up for myself. And I always wanted it to align with, back then I didn't have the language that it was like sacred. It was just like, I I wanted to be valued basically. And so when I started studying about these different paths of, of sexual energy, there's so much to it. I mean, like literally there's times of the day that you can have sex to heal particular organs or affect particular organs. There's particular positions that you can do. Like missionary is a great position to do for women that are dealing with menstrual issues. And uh, it just goes on and on that you can, doggy style has a, a particular organ that it's hitting or um, affecting your blood in a certain way. And we don't know these things. So we're just going, we're just having friction sex and turn over, get on your knees, do this and blah, blah, you know, and we don't really know, but I feel like there's a dissatisfaction, an innate dissatisfaction with most people and sexual energy because something is telling you that there's got to be more than this, but you don't really know what that answer is. And all your friends are just doing it like this and you see it on TV and they're just doing it like that. And it's just like, but we have this emptiness inside of us of like, I don't know, but I know, you know? And, and so I have found those answers through, through sacred sexuality and studying more of the science behind it. And and then that raises to a level of responsibility. Once you know, you have a different level of responsibility. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, yeah, thing. yeah, that's so powerful. And I agree that a lot of the, the resources we have growing up are perverted, right? You know, yeah. it's per- and I, I remember reading Cosmopolitan and being like, oh my gosh, this says that if you're ever on top of someone, you should lean back. And it was all circled around the pleasure for the guy. Yeah. Right. And it was all circled around like how to be the best for him. Versus right. like how to co-create a sacred experience. And, yeah. you know, I feel like I have uh, different like partners that I've been with that I'm like, well, that was a sacred experience where there was just this deep level of trust and intimacy and like fluid intuition within it. And then of course there's other ones where I was like, I could have been anyone and that didn't make a difference for totally. who that person was fucking, you know? Yeah. And there was a lot. And I think, it, I think the cool thing is, is like, whether we realize it or not, everyone is still evolving in their own way, even if they're using different languaging than us, because I wouldn't have really used the term sacred sexuality or sacred sex, but I can identify times that were of like my evolution with my relationship to sex. I, I know a lot of my listeners are, are from this part of California where I'm from, and mm-hmm. it's very conservative. And like, we grew up, a lot of people grew up in a Christian church or a Catholic church. And I remember just the same thing I just said, like, there's a knowing, but you don't know what it is, but there's something of like, this just feels off. Like this doesn't resonate with me. But I just remember thinking, this is really confusing that sex is a total sin until one ceremony happens. And then it's God's greatest gift to us. And I felt like there was a whiplash on how to transition from it being a sin to, and then of course, like my entire perspectives on my own connection with spirituality and my connection of what I call God or mother nature universe is different now. And I can see that, 
Um, but it's that flip side of the coin of like an honorable pleasure and a shameful, like just the shame, just like an energy of shame around it, you know, of like, mm-hmm. oh, don't be too sexual. Don't be this. Don't be that. Don't, don't say that how much you enjoy it, you know? Um, and I'm such a sexual person that none of that resonated with me because I knew like, well, no, this gets to be important. And like, now I, I am very adamant with like the partner that I get to be with the person that I will one day marry. I don't even know who he is yet. I'm excited to meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, there is going to be intimate conversations around that sexual energy because it's something so important to me. And, and being able to say like, no, my future man is going to prioritize my orgasm first and foremost. I do get to come first. And this gets to be a co-creation together that's, that is sacred. And I feel like I, I have gotten experiences recently where it was just the exact opposite that helped me even more clearly redefine what I want because of the contrast of seeing what I fucking don't want. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's just this ongoing like relationship of curiosity without judgment and really tuning into myself of, is this an alignment? Is this serving me? What do I want? What do I not want? Am I willing to allow myself to receive the pleasure the same way with the manifestations, right? Of like receiving the experience, receiving, um, allowing yourself to look at that one website that leads to the cheap car rental for your vacation in Hawaii or whatever else. Um, Allowing yourself to be present with ourselves. I think that's something, an affirmation that supported me so much through my own like sexual expression, my own sexual liberation, um, or even simply talking about it openly with like my mom, like she'll ask questions and she knows now if she asks me questions, I will give her honest answers and she doesn't always want honest answers. (laughs) (laughs) She like grew up having sex with one person and then marrying the second person she ever had sex with, you know? So like her, it's hard for her to separate my comfort with my sexuality and yeah. the partners that I've had and the, and still have such a deep level of respect for them, even if they're in another country from my travels or whatever. She is still has that tide that black and white, like that's promiscuous. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So how do you support women in that internal conversation of allowing themselves to experience pleasure, allowing themselves to, to feel liberated about their sexuality. Um, I mean, or is this even an issue that comes up with your audience? Cause I, I mean, this is your area of expertise. Like are there common issues that, that people struggle with in, in seeing the sacredness in it? I know that's such a long winded question. Yeah. Well, my mission is always just to empower a person to stand in your own truth and helping people to find their voice overall. It's not really for me to define like, this is how you should be having sex. These are how you, you know, these are, this is the way to go. It's more so like, where's your voice? And are you clear on, on what it is that you want to create for yourself? And if not, you should eat the salad to help you with clearing out your body so that you can tune more into that, that divine voice or you should journal or you should work with this yoni egg or you should check out this retreat or, you know, let me ask you these questions, but it's not me telling you what is the right thing. Like you might not want to have sacred sex, you know, like that whole process might not be your thing. You might be into kink and, and BDSM and, and that's okay. So it's just about creating a container and opening up conversation to say like, 
can you find the power in opening up your own voice? Because you have to speak your own truth to open up your own doors. And the world that you uncover might be very different from the world that I uncovered and that's okay. So how can we get you standing on that space of, of like you speaking your world into existence? If that makes sense. It does. It does. You're empowering people to identify their own truths of desire versus yes. trying to give them a blueprint to say, this is how it's supposed to be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I had, because I, I you know, in my work with, with Yoni eggs, like Yoni eggs has taken me through some shit. Like we've, <laughs> we, the places <laughs> that I have to go to be of service to this, this like product or whatever has taken me to some worlds that are way out of my comfort zone. And so I've been on like swingers cruises and at different workshops and at different conferences and stuff where it's just like, this is some freaky shit. Like this is some other shit. That's not my shit. And, um, was it hard not to be, did you, or did you ever have like times of like feeling judgment come up? That was like old residual judgment. Yeah. And I don't mind telling people I'm feeling judgmental right now. So I'm going to dismiss myself or I'm going to do this or whatever. Like I'll I'll speak my truth. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, (laughs) I would rather say that than to just act funny. But, um, one time in particular, I got invited to go work on a cruise. And first of all, I'd never been on a cruise before. Uh, I'd never been to the Caribbean and I'd never been around swingers that were swinging and it was a swingers cruise. And so I was so uncomfortable because it was a seven day cruise. So for the first three days we were out to sea and I'm just locked on there. There was about 3000 people. The whole cruise ship was dedicated to these, the swinger lifestyle. And one day we had, it was just, just like imagining that sexual energy. Holy oh my God. Shit. It was so out of my comfort zone. And I'm, I'm a prude, you know, it's funny because, because I, I represent sexual energy, whatever, I think people might assume that I'm promiscuous or experimental. I'm really not. Like, I, I really mean the sacred part. Like, I'm hella prude and, and, and that. So, like, me being in an environment where people are just, like, overly sexual and throwing out innuendos or direct invitations and things, I'm just like, ah, it's so out of my comfort zone. And, and so that was really hard to, like be in that space and to feel my own safety. And it wasn't, they had a lot of respect and like guidelines in place where they were respectful, but it's still being, even in that respect, being approached with that conversation or being put in that environment and just feeling so like, am I protected? Am I safe? This is not my jam. But then one day I got I had to go do a a meet and greet and it was at a play party. And this play party was for all women. And I had never been to something like this in my life. And I walked in and um, it was dark. It was, it was in the middle of the day. It was like one o'clock was a play party. And it was in this dark room with all these beds placed throughout the room. And it was just women going at it on these beds. Like there was something like a granny, like 80 years old, walks in with her pants unbuttoned and zipped down. And she walks in on a walker and the women are like, come here. And they lay her down in the bed and they start just ravishing her body. And I was like, I can't deal with this. Like this I can't believe this is happening right now. You know, I was just so flustered and overwhelmed. And the women that I I was with my, my business partners in that was just, they were, they thought it was so funny because that was their lifestyle. And they're like, what's coming up. And I'm like, you like, I just feel so judgmental. Like, I don't understand. How do you guys protect yourself? What's your safety? Like, do you have standards? You just have sex with whoever, like, how did you qualify this person? And why does qualifying not even matter to you? You know, like, I don't, and then I started listening to their stories and what they thought and how they, their protocols of things. And I was like, 
it's going to take me some time. And after those three days, when I got off the boat and we went to Puerto Rico, I only got off for a few hours, but that was enough for me to just like, oh, there's normal people here, whatever normal is, you know, but it was just, they weren't fucking each other. It was just kind of like normal. (laughs) And so that like kind of grounded me back where I was like, okay, and now I'm going to switch from being judgmental to being more um, observant and, and allow myself to be educated, you know? And then that made it such a different experience where it was like, these things still aren't for me at this time in my life, but I can appreciate through curiosity of where you guys are at and finding my way and then understanding that this is where I'm coming from. So don't over persuade me. Don't invade my space. Don't do these things. And like, let's respect each other from where we're coming at. And then it was cool. But yeah, I've been in some shit where it's just like, these are not my things, but I want, there's a thing that I like to go by is don't yuck anybody's yum, you know? So it takes me some time sometimes to calibrate and I'm aware that I'm calibrating and I'll let people know like, yo, I'm, I'm calibrating right now. So that I don't know what kind of response I might get, but I'm doing my best. But then getting into a space of just allowing people to be comfortable to do their thing, but then also claiming that I need to be comfortable to do my thing in this space too. So. Yeah. And I, and I like how you create those clear boundaries for persuasion of this, this is where I'm at. Please like for have respect. Cause I think that there's also uh, when there's the sexual energy of things, like it can be easy to be kind of pulled into something because it's such a shock. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine like how I would respond and react if I was like a play party. And like, you know, all my mind goes down, like, were they all lesbians? Was it just for the cruise? Like, oh my God, da, 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 da. what about it? Like, just, I can only imagine the, the calibration of your own like, acceptance of other people after that. Yeah. And, and the intense part about all of that too, was that the majority of everybody that was on there, first of all, it was all for couples. So most of these people were married for 20 years, 10 years, you know, um, were in long-time relationships, but then it was really elite and high-end people. I'm like, this is the senator of such and such place, you know, over here walking around with the leash on his neck, like, and, and this person is a multimillionaire. They did this. There's a CIA on here. There's the FBI, like, whoa. And they're all doing crazy shit. And so that would like really shock me because I felt like I went behind a veil and, um, seeing some people's like deep things that they were doing. And, and yeah, so that, that was like a calibration in itself of like, oh, these are the leaders of society and, um, they put on suits and present this way, but in their free time, they're over here in fucking speedos and, uh, <laughs> and thongs walking around with butt plugs, you know, like this is just something I need to get used to. My, my spirit hasn't experienced this before, but that's what's up. Yeah. And I love how you mentioned that you're like, I can notice what's going on around me and be an acceptance of it while also knowing what is in resonance for you, right? Instead yeah. of needing to like mold or adapt or fit to something that's uncomfortable. Because I, I think that there's a difference between, um, oh, this is uncomfortable because I'm growing towards something I want versus I'm fucking uncomfortable because it's not in alignment, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like being able to have the discernment of which is which. But at the same time, it's like, what's it to me if someone else is creating pleasure in their life through something that maybe I don't resonate with, but what's it to me? What's it matter? You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that 
that like everybody has their voice though. And that's the part where with my coworkers and my peers and things like that, like we are all so different. And I love that everybody has a voice to create space for everybody at their different levels. Like, all right, you want to be in dark dungeons whipping each other with chains. Cool. You'll go with Jasmine. You want to be experiencing multiple partners. Cool. You go with Taylor. You want to sit and you want to chant ohms and stare into each other's eyes. Come with me, you know? And like, it's cool. Like everybody has their place and I, I, I appreciate that, but that's definitely my world is that I love the energetics behind things. I love the language that's being spoken beyond what our tongue is saying. And um, just the impact that it has on the souls and our, our cells and, you know, like channeling and cultivating stronger energy and having orgasms and without being touched and learning how to feel energy as it rises and like, you know, uh, touching a man and feeling his his temperature rise and knowing what that means and then helping him like breathe and practicing edging and worship sessions and all of these things, you know, very respectful, kind, talk to me kind, like don't fucking whip me and slap me. That's not my shit. Like you're going to activate something else and it's not going to be sexy. So that's not my thing, but I respect that that's somebody else's thing. Like I like soft touches, like, you know, and I, I like my bath ran and I like crystals and, and I, that's my thing. And I'm, I'm cool with that being my thing. So I appreciate that every there's so many different voices out there and spaces that are being held for people to like get off whatever they need to get off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. I'm 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 grateful for the work that you do in the world of you know supporting people in in using their voice and not just speaking what it is that they want or like or desire or fantasies, but just simply creating the stillness to know what that is. Because yeah. I think that's actually way harder than expressing it is actually connecting within to even know what it is in the first place. Yeah. And because a lot of people do come from from harsh religious backgrounds where there is a lot of shame around there. And so it's not just about like, I feel like with most of my clients, we're not really just talking about sex. Like it's not about me saying like, here's this technique, use this sexual technique to bring more pleasure about. That's not really what it is. We're going to get more into where's your diet at? You know, um, how often are you meditating? Are you moving the energy in your body through exercise? Are you, um, how do you breathe on a day-to-day basis? What are your personal rituals that you do on a day-to-day basis? Because it's about centering and grounding yourself. And if you are a man and you want to walk around in high heels and, and mini skirts, and that's your thing, that may not be what I was going to teach you, but it's not about me teaching you how to be another version because that's what I don't want. Like, I don't want to use my level of influence to like mold a person the way I think that they should be. What I'm more so concerned about is, is using my level of influence to allow a person to be who they want to be and, and finding the confidence and creating safety and con, um, consent around how they want to express and who they want to interact with and a level of integrity and in how they communicate that to other people and how they, they, um, love and nourish their own selves through their process. But there's what I've learned through all of these places that I've been is that the vastness of expressing one's sexual energy, which is really just creative energy and divine energy is so vast that I will never wrap my mind around 
the multitude of ways that you can do that. So it's not for me to say, this is the way it's just, but what I do understand is that we have to have a strong foundation in our own selves, because when you go out into that world and you have to uh, walk down the street in those high heels and that mini skirt. If that's what you feel today, man, you better have your confidence level up and you better be able to defend yourself if that's what's needed. Or you may, you just got to rock it, you know, because the world is going to test you and, and your mother may not like what your relationship choice is. And, and in order to not sacrifice the relationship with your mother, you're going to have to learn how to speak from your heart to communicate that mother, this is who I am. And I still want to be who I am. And I still want you to love me. And you're going to have to find that place of softness and of gentleness and of, um, seriousness to activate the compassion in her and to awaken something inside of her that she may not have knew she was, she was, capable of doing. Right. And so it's hardly about sex to me. Like it's, that's secondary. That's, that's next, next class. The first class is how do we establish your foundation and your confidence? Mm. It's so powerful, especially, you know, I think when it comes down to the parent relationship, right, that's our very first relationship where we gauge, am I doing a good job? Am I not, you know, gauging off the responses and, being able to let ourselves evolve while facing that sometimes our parents won't approve, you know? And so I love that your, your guidance with that of, of really focusing on opening the heart so we can have both. Yes, totally. So how can people, I know you have like something you you have different ways that people can follow you or connect with you or kind of read some of the stuff that you do. How can people get in contact with you? Uh, you can, I'm on Instagram. I'm most active there. So at Tiffany Janae, T-I-F-F-A-N-Y-J-A-N-A-Y. And in my bio, I usually have links to the various offerings that I have going on, links to yoniegs.com, links to my classes or the ability to have private sessions or private retreats with me. Um, In this present moment, we're just about to wrap up a class called Intimacy and Isolation. So it's designed for couples that are now at home without distractions and are probably getting to know your partners on a much deeper level than you have in a very long time. And so I'm working with a psychotherapist in this class to teach about communication uh, connection, ways to connect. That's not just about having sex. And then also intimacy, which is some actual sexual techniques and um, ways to uh, just deepen your connection and improve, hopefully, your relationships on all different levels. So we have enrollment for that. Um, we'll probably open up another round if that happens. Again, you'll find it through my Instagram um, and then anybody who wants to try Yoni Egg, you can go to yoniegs.com. And if you put in the code joyfully, uh, it'll take 25% off of your order. So try them out. They come, I design these really pretty packages for them and they have custom stands, use and care pamphlets, and then like nice esoteric ways that you can work with your crystals on an energetic level as well. So we definitely empower you with a lot of knowledge to take the journey on and not just selling you just the egg and like making you have to go Google everything. You can 
it all comes in the package of how to go about that. Oh my gosh. And I love that, that you gave us a discount code. Yeah. Thank you so much. And I love that you just, that, that you mentioned that there's a stand involved because as you were talking, when we first were like discussing them, I was like imagining, I'm like, huh, what if I were to get a shelf and I can get like one for each chakra? Like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, do they sell Yoni X stands? Like, you know, it's so funny how our mind can kind of like, start to create something and so it's cool to hear that they do come with a little stand and yeah have those those uh little details there so wonderful to have you on the show yeah thank you this was a great conversation thanks for opening it up yeah yeah you're welcome and thank you for joining us um is there anything that's like on your heart or anything that you'd like to to share before we wrap up hmm just breathe through it yeah, breath is always so important. I, it's something that comes without thought, but it's what keeps us connected to, to this human experience. And you can control a lot of your emotions and your environment just by that connection and that awareness to your breath. So just keep breathing long, deep breaths. Long, deep breaths. One yes. breath, one movement. Mm, I like that. Yeah. So I ask everyone kind of at the end of the show um, to finish the sentence. So self-love is... Self love. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> self love is self love. Yeah. Well, it, it's just whatever. It's just whatever comes to mind. So yeah. cool. Yeah. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in and all the stuff that Janae mentioned on being able to connect with her through social media and stuff um, is going to be in the show notes below as well as links for yoniegs.com. And you heard it from her. Twenty five percent off with the code Joyful. Um, Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. Wait, is it joyful? Because I earlier said joyfully. So what? Let's let's get it straight right now. Okay, let's get it straight. Okay. Uh, you tell me. <laughs> yeah, you tell me. Joyful or joyfully? Uh, joyful. Okay, got it. Joyful, joyful. everybody. Gets okay. Five percent off. Joyful gets you 25% off. I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. Cool. I'm excited. I'm going to get myself. A, I'm going to get my first yoni egg. Cool. Let's do this. I'll have to do a follow-up episode on my experience with my first one. That would be rad. (laughs) Cool. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Joyfully You Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Lowe. Tiffany, Janae, thank you so much. And we'll catch you on the next episode. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> oh,